ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. We're here for your Monday, May 2nd edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're going to take your phone calls and texts. The phone line this hour is 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Our text line is open as well. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Coming up on the program, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Cincinnati Bengals draft with Wayne Box Miller from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. He's going to join me at about 5.15. He told me today he's at the Icky Woods Golf Tournament, so hopefully he's getting off the course and should be good to talk to us. So looking forward to doing that with him. As I mentioned, your phone calls and texts. You can also find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. We got a lot to get into today. We can talk draft, of course, and we'll do that as far as the Bengals are concerned with Wayne here in the next few minutes. I'm looking forward to catching up with him again, talking about how well the Bengals did. Defense was a concern. The Bengals drafting players to shore up the defense and build depth, and I think that's what they did in this draft, and we'll talk to Wayne about that. Thundering Herd got lucky. We actually got to hear a name called Seventh Round. It was late seventh round, but still, it's a seventh round selection. And Nazi Johnson selected by the Chiefs. So, congratulations to him. Also, Alex Millette signed as an undrafted free agent with the Colts. And then Will Ulmer is going to have a tryout with the Green Bay Packers. Corey McCoy is going to go to the Baltimore Ravens for a tryout. If we hear of any others, we will let you know because now is the fun part. Trying to keep track of everyone as far as free agency is concerned. But, you know, if you were a power school like the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati even had several people drafted. If you were one of those higher-level programs where your players are being seen more and more and you know what the caliber of competition looks like, you had a better shot. Plain and simple. More visibility, and of course what you do as far as your pro day and other things as well will help determine if you are going to be picked up on draft day or if you're going to find your way to a team as an undrafted free agent. Hopefully with the new Sun Belt being a lot better than Conference USA, hopefully with the level of program that Charles Huff is trying to build, and if you believe in what he's doing, we're going to start seeing the results here, hopefully this season and then the next few years, as players are going to see more exposure, hopefully because of the Sunbelt Conference deal. I mean, when you're under the umbrella of ESPN, you get talked about a lot more. I'm not saying that's the only reason why. You know, some schools get better treatment in the draft than others. It comes down to players, but you know, Nazi was a guy who worked his way from the walk-on to drafted. I mean, that's a great story there. So congratulations to him and all the Marshall players that hopefully will find homes in the NFL. It's not very easy. It's not. You just don't decide, I'm going to be an NFL player. Very hard to make a team. And – you saw a run on wide receivers. Quarterback selection this year wasn't very good. Teams really not taking too many flyers on quarterbacks. Next year is going to be a better situation for quarterbacks. But wide receivers seem to be the story of the day. The Bengals were going after defense. I liked it. I liked the way they were handling it. So I was pretty 
pretty excited about that. And again, I didn't invest that much time in actually watching the draft. I don't know. I had a little bit of it on the radio. I had my phone giving me notifications. I just really didn't invest myself into the draft. It's not that I didn't want to see players picked up. It's just, okay, here's my team. Great. Yeah, there really weren't that many prospects out there as far as Marshall guys. I knew Nazi had a serious chance at being picked up. I was hoping he would get picked up. Of course, Millette signing as an undrafted free agent with the Colts. Nothing surprising me there. It's just I didn't feel that there was that much of an opportunity for a Marshall player or two to be picked up. Same thing for WVU. You, you didn't have anybody really standing out as, okay, this guy's going to go in the draft. Nazi, the only player from either Marshall or West Virginia to be selected in the draft, of course, not necessarily that's where teams are going to ultimately build their future. You can find guys as undrafted free agents. You can find guys in the free agency market that can offer you some value. And, of course, you'll have guys that maybe can make it with a team and prove that they belong. It's not all done in the draft. And the Bengals were a little aggressive, you know, moving up, making some decisions, going after players that the franchise wanted. I thought that was un-Bengal-like, and I liked it. You don't want to reach at the same time. If there's a guy out there you want to get him, go get him. And what's that extra seventh-round pick going to do for you? Honestly, what's, what's that pick going to do for you? Are you going to find that sensational football player in that seventh round? You might. But you can afford to trade it. You can afford to trade that. Work the free agency market. You've got a good destination now. You have shown that you can compete for a championship, a Super Bowl championship in Cincinnati. So you have shown that it's possible. Just keep consistently doing that. You can build a good football team. But Wayne Box Miller joins me in the next few minutes. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit more about what we saw this weekend as far as softball and baseball. Softball getting it done. The win streak at home snap. And I know what that feels like. Have a you know, a win streak, okay, albeit uh, fantasy hockey. But I get it. Home, home win streak snapped. They came out the next day mad. I like that. So softball in a good spot to contend for not maybe the regular season championship. A few things are going to have to happen. If you could have got that series with Western Kentucky, that would have helped your case a little bit. But it's all about where you're at in the tournament and what you can do once you get to the tournament. So Marshall softball still has a shot at that regular season championship. But at this point, you're getting ready for the postseason. But the home series wraps up. Good outing for the Thundering Herd. Baseball, on the other hand, wow. Just the weather was not agreeing with Marshall. And then, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Just a bad day in the office for the Herd. 25 runs given up. I just don't know what to say. I saw those scores come across, and I thought, there's that's I don't think that's the lowest ever for the baseball program, but it felt pretty bad to see that score come across. Sometimes you just get crushed. And that was the that was the weekend Marshall was having against Charlotte. So we'll talk about that. Get your phone calls in. But when we continue, Wayne Box Miller joins me from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. Your phone calls and texts coming up. It's the drive on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. 
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the Monday edition. I want to welcome to the program now, very gracious with his time, and so let's not waste it. Let's bring in Wayne Box Miller from the Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. Now, you're a busy man. You're, you're golfing today with Icky Woods. You're having a good time. You know, it's, it's good to be Wayne Box Miller right now. <laughs> well, you know, man, Icky Woods, uh, I don't know if you remember, lost one of his sons to asthma. So he started a foundation in his name, the Javante Woods Foundation. And uh, they raise money for asthma education and awareness uh, to support families who are dealing with uh, someone affected by asthma. So it really is a good cause. A lot of former players uh, participate. Even Katie Blackburn uh, plays every year. And uh, it's just uh, one of those great things, man, that uh, you really appreciate about them. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't think I knew about the, the golf tournament, but I do now, and I'll make sure to know about that next year because that's, ama- that's amazing because he's a beloved player. You know, people still love seeing him when he comes back to Cincinnati uh, game day. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, Icky's just uh, – one of those beloved players, man, that everybody kind of rallies around. And you, you just feel for someone who's lost a child that young and uh, that they're able to do something to help that child's memory stay alive and things of that nature. So uh, I'm very appreciative to have the opportunity to support him in any way I can because I consider him a dear friend. Wayne Box Miller joining us. And, uh it's been a busy weekend, not only with the golf tournament, obviously. The weekend, of course, watching, waiting to find out the future Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about the other day Dax Hill round one and how already that the Cincinnati fan base has fallen in love with him. And I didn't know we'd go defense for a while. It felt like defense seemed to be a focus of the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I don't know if you noticed that, but what, the first three picks, all the defensive side of the ball, which it hasn't happened, I don't think, ever in my I don't remember them going defense that early and often. Well, you know, remember when you and I talked and I, I told you, I said, don't be surprised if they even take some defensive linemen, which they did it with the fourth pick in Zach Carter. But I knew that they were going to be heavy on the defensive side of the ball because they addressed the offensive line in free agency almost the day that free agency started. They were right in the middle of, of addressing free agency and uh, really trying to get a handle on that. So uh, the ability to uh, get the offensive line in terms of bringing in some guys who could bolster it immediately almost took care of that. I think what they wanted to do uh, was to get uh, more rotation up front, and so they did that. And then, you know, we look at the cornerback. We know they had to address the cornerback situation. So with Dax Hill and then Cam Taylor-Britt from Nebraska, uh, they've got these guys that can play safety, play corner. Uh, but, again, as we talked, you know, the NFL is a pass-happy league now, so you got to have a nice – uh, mix of defensive backs, and uh, you got to get pressure up front to try to make these quarterbacks get rid of the ball 
faster than they want. So I think that the emphasis definitely was on defense because with Burrow and, and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon, uh, you know, you, you've got the weapons on offense. Uh, you just got to make sure now you got to stop people. Let's talk about glass eaters. Cordell Volson, fourth rounder. Is this a glass eater? Because he, he just screams glass eater. You know, he's the kind of guy that uh, Frank Pollock likes. And he, quote, unquote, is that glass eater, that that mean, honorary guy that will get after it, uh, won't back down. And I was talking to Coach Pollock, as we all were, about the fact that, you know, the beauty of social media, digital platforms and everything else, a lot of these guys from smaller schools, you're getting a really good look at them now. And I think because the success of North Dakota State, the players that are now getting drafted that are impacting the NFL, they run a lot of pro sets up there. And that's what Frank Pollock talked about was the pro sets that they run are, you know, akin to the NFL. So he's coming in a little bit more familiar with some of the things you want to do at the pro level because of the style of offense that they played. So you look at a guy like Cordell Volson, he may actually come in a step ahead of somebody else simply whether he just understands the terminology, whether he understands kind of how that offense is designed to run, and the fact that Frank Pollock likes the way he plays. So, you know, it's just a win-win all the way around for the team and for Volson. As the Bengals went deeper into this draft, I thought, I don't want to say they were over-aggressive, but they were aggressive actually moving up to get picks, which I liked. I liked them actually making some hard decisions. Do you need two seven-rounders? Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but they seem to be willing to make moves that benefit the team. As the draft went, though, as it went deeper in, you know, the guys that are coming later and later, you know, are you seeing anything there that maybe will be a meaningful impact to the team, or are we at this point we're looking for best available in depth? I think you're looking for best available by way of fit. And what I mean by that is guys that could come in and play the way that Lou Anarumo wants to play, whether it's three safeties, uh, whether it's other formations that he wants to use, uh, they're looking at these guys. And the question becomes, if you've got two or three guys that you could choose, which one is the better fit uh, for the defensive schemes that you're running and plan to run, and what can they do in that scheme? And I think with Dax Hill, starting with him going all the way down to Gunter, the linebacker, is can I move them around on the field? If you really look at Lou Anarumo and what caused them to beat the Kansas City Chiefs twice and in both games shut them down completely in the second half was his ability to get players to do a lot of different things to confuse Pat Mahomes and make it tough for him not to score a touchdown in those games. So, I mean, you know, in the second half especially, he just shut them down. And so that's Lou Anarumo's trademark. And so he's now drafting players that could fit all of the variations and nuances of the defensive schemes that he wants to do. How the fans take into this draft. Uh, I know, again, the draft over the last few years, the Bengals have shown 
the draft is not a scary place anymore. You can actually go out and work this thing, but how are the fans taking to this? It might not feel like the flashiest draft. Again, you don't get Joe Burrow every year in the draft, but it feels like there's a lot of guys who have lunch pails and they're ready to work. Well, you know, I think the bigger question is, how will Bengal fans rate the offseason? And the offseason includes free agency and the draft. And I think when you combine them together, the fans are very satisfied and very convinced that the Bengals were committed to becoming better across the board. So I think when you look at the draft, you look at free agency and say, how did the Bengals do this offseason? I think to a fan, everybody is just appreciative and saying, yes, we now got a few extra pieces we needed. We were one place short of winning it all. And now we're in a position to finally go back and get that last win. So uh, they knew that you had to get defensive backs and dress that. The Bengals did just that. So they got the defensive backs. And, you know, I felt they needed to get some guys up front because Larry Ogunjobi, I think that was a big loss. And so they needed to get some people in that rotation. They addressed that. And then they got uh, Tyson Anderson, the safety. Well, you got Jesse Bell. Um, I mean, Jesse Bates, hopefully, you can get that contract done. Von Bell's in his seventh year. So you got to start looking at having safeties in the pipeline. So, again, I think everything they did really spoke to what they feel they need to do and how they need to stay consistent over the next few years. Because you think about it, in the NFL, you've got a window. So that window is probably going to give you maybe four real years where you've got your core guys and you got to make a run. And you think about it, Tyler Boyd uh, got a couple of years left on his contract. At some point, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, all these contracts are going to be coming due. Mixon just signed his, but you're going to have to start making decisions about staying under the cap, and then you've got you know, Hendrickson, uh, if he keeps playing well, then he'll be up for another one in a couple of years. Hubbard just got his deal done. You're still hoping Jesse Bates gets signed. So you've got this window right now, and I think the Bengals are doing everything they can to put themselves in position to leverage this window with all these weapons and this defense that will be improved next year. Wayne Boxmiller, my guest, Cincinnati Bengals Radio Network. You get any time off? Because I feel like, Every time I call you, you're doing something. You're everywhere. <laughs> well, you know what, man? It's uh, This offseason has obviously been shorter, and I think that's what kind of throws people off. We're typically, uh, the last few years with the Bengals, right, uh, the last game of the season is the, is the end of the season. And I think this is the first year in a long time we've gone well into the playoffs, right, to the Super Bowl. So it's funny because you finish the Super Bowl and, and right around, turn right around, it's time to start talking about the draft. So it is a shorter window. I think that that's one of the things that people forget about is the Bengals have always been done at the end of, you know, week 16 or in this case now week 17 because they've got one more game. But this is a team that had – four more games. So you're adding another month to the schedule when typically that schedule would have been done after the last game. So it it just seems that way, but guess what? 
What a beautiful problem to have. I like that problem. I'll do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, you know Absolutely. what? I'll do it again. Wayne Box Miller, my guest. As always, thank you. I know your time is, is so valuable, and I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of it. Uh, it was good catching up with you again this weekend and today, and hopefully we can do it again real soon and get ready for another Super Bowl run. Hey, man, we appreciate you guys. I know I speak for everybody, man, just the fans and Huntington and, and all the guys in West Virginia and ladies as well that all root for the Bengals. And, you know, it, it's just great to know that the fans everywhere can enjoy the success we had this past year and hope that we can replicate that plus one. Yeah, I need a Super Bowl championship, Adam. Holding out, Wayne. I, I did not buy the AFC champion, the North. No, I want, I want, I want the one that says Super you Bowl. You want it all. Yeah, I want, I want, want that one. Yeah, give me that one or give me nothing. So Joe owes me a hat. Hey, brother, I can't argue with your philosophy. Not one. Iota, not one Iota. Yeah, I need the big one and not at all. Wayne, thanks for doing it again. Right, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bro. That is Wayne Box Miller. we got to take a quick break, come back. We'll wrap it up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Not bad for a Monday. Get past those Monday blahs and those Monday blues. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and we'll get you through the rest of the week. Until then, have a great night, everyone. Huntington W231BS Huntington broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.